I was thinking we could open with uh, talking about Sue Johansson. Yeah, was she like a big part of your life? Because I gotta say, not not so much for me. I know who she was. I appreciate what she did, but I only watched her show when I was waiting for like Breaker High to come on at like one a.m. reruns. You know. Hello, and welcome to Talk Sex. I'm your host, Sue Johansson, and my mission in life is to promote sex education, to dispel myths and misconceptions so you can enjoy being the sexual human being that you were born to be. So actually, uh, Sunday Night Sex Show with Sue was uh, something that I would, when I was hitting my formative years of like, you know, 12, 13, 14, I would actually have a radio up in my um, bunk bed and I'd cover myself with a blanket and uh, actually secretly listen to the show to like learn about sex stuff. Wow. What did your, you shared a room, like were your brothers like, what the hell is going on up there? No. Um, at that point, I don't think I was sharing a room anymore. Okay. I still had a bunk bed, but I just slept on the top and nobody was on the bottom. Sometimes one of my parents would get tired of sleeping wherever they were and roll in. But yeah, I would just kind of tuck in there, listen to, stuff learn something about sex because i was not getting that education at home yeah yeah and i remember something about uh masturbating with a pillow that really intrigued me <laughs> i just loved her like matter of fact way how madam how please explain how i do this she would she did it in this very like yeah clinical blunt way and it just it took any type of mystery out of it we're like okay so like it's like someone's grandma or elderly aunt is explaining how to put a condom on mm -hmm. like a wooden dildo that was just on her desk see like i i wasn't aware of her radio program just like her yeah. on, the, on the tv um no that was the one that i really uh it was a live call-in show but i guess it was also broadcast on the radio or whatever yeah. uh yeah q107 oh that's interesting Mm, interesting. Now, I don't know if this is like my brain has made this up and it isn't true or if it actually did happen. But when we learned about sex and our bodies, our changing bodies in elementary school, I remember them giving us like just buckets of books like, yay, books, go look through the books, kids. And I swear to God, there was a pop-up book of like sex of different animals and creatures having hmm. sex to like demystify it. But I remember it being a pop-up book and I just thought like, no, that can't be, that can't have been a thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember anything like that. I'm not sure how many of my uh, sex ed classes I got into or which ones <laughs> I was uh, written out of by my parents because that was not things that little Christian boys learned. No. Is this before or after the, the home church school? Homeschool? Uh, it, probably both. Before mm -hmm. and after, there was yeah, sex education was not a priority. It was abstinence, uh, and as we know, that does not work. Nope. You save yourself for marriage. You got to be careful about kisses because they lead to other things. Babies. Babies. Yeah. And as we all know, the male sperm travels out of the saliva down through the esophagus of a woman <laughs> and into her vagina i misunderstood sex for basically my mm. entire life uh i remember on a playground once somebody's like i think i had asked my parents what sex was and they're like oh it's when uh you know a man puts a baby in a woman's tummy and i was like i don't know six or five and so i found yeah. a girl on the playground and we rubbed our tummies together and i was like we had sex <laughs> she's gonna have a baby <laughs> and it's funny That's now adorable. but yeah. 
the amount of guilt that was baked in with like Christianity, or at least the version that I was raised with, had me terrified of what I'd done for years, a decade, until I finally understood what sex actually was and that, oh, oh, there's no way I got her pregnant. (laughs) A a decade, you say? So when you were 16? Like 15 or so, like, you know, 14, 15, 16, that, uh, that sort of like concept resurfaced where I was like, oh, that thing that I've been feeling guilty about, I can actually stop for a second and interrogate Mm. it and be like, oh, no, I didn't do that. That's pretty stupid. Wow. Yeah, guilt's a hell of a drug. It's interesting the number of people who have not, not, I don't want to say weird because how would you know, but like misconceptions around sex because the number of girls that I knew when we were in our 20s that told me there's no way you can get pregnant in a hot tub. It's like science fact. And yeah, I remember yeah. just thinking yeah, like, cause it cooks the there's, there's a lot of you. Yeah. Like, or that they <laughs> can't like travel in water or no, they, they can't swim. And I was like, what do you, what do you think they're in? Yeah. Have you not heard the slang little, little the swimmers? swimmers? <laughs> yeah. Little swimmers. I, I just, like people that I respected and was good friends of like, you graduated high school and you, Hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, that's why you know, we had Sue. And, I mean, we grew up here. And if, uh, you know, I could be so misinformed, uh, every time I pee, I thought I lost sperm. Uh, <laughs> I was like, it's got to. It comes out of the penis. That's what's happening. So if I could be so misinformed for so long, it does not surprise yeah. me that many other people, uh, specifically women, are as well. We do make a lot of jokes about, like, women's bodies because they're so... Mysterious. Mystical. Mysterious, mystical, like uh, talking about tampons and feminine products and how, like, I don't want to trigger anybody with, like, bad policy and comments from, you know, political lawmakers. But, like, there's tons. And I think a a lot of people still don't get Um, that part of things even. Like, there's a lot of... I had a friend... (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Making weird comments about women, no, women's bodies they can't specifically, like just the but idea they're like, like sex, or, sex organs of both to bathrooms, men, women. Uh, that should be and the same as putting if you throw paper people in, who don't identify as man or woman or a different of, uh, gender, then like that just adds a whole men other who, uh, make policy layer. apparently. And uh, no, kids as young as four could see that. I was like, okay, they can yeah. see toilet paper too, my dude. What's your issue, like? Why in an elementary school? Well, guess when people start getting their periods, my dude. Like at all different times, really. Like it's it's wild how early some girls can get their periods and how late they can. So it's no. Well, the know? range of of kids going to school is not limited to one very specific pre uh, pubescent mm-hmm. group. Like, well, and it's it's punitive to. Hopefully, lots of teachers now have um, product in their in their rooms. We try to keep some in bathrooms. But if something runs out or you don't feel comfortable going to your teacher, then you have to do the walk of shame down to the office to ask for a pad or a tampon. And mm-hmm. I do know girls that would just be like, you know, I'm just going to go home. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be done with the day. And sometimes I don't blame them. And that impacts your education, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Ugh. We're into a cross section of like how, <laughs> you know, women's health can affect literally everything else because mm-hmm. we don't accommodate for it. Which isn't to say that women all have periods. There's lots of different reasons that people don't. I just want to be clear that we are not being... Mm. Uh, no, know, no, no. Men have periods. Women have periods. They have periods. I just want to be very clear that I'm not trying to be exclusive you know, about menstruation, that 
all the different genders can menstruate. There's an author named Dr. Jen Gunther, who is a Canadian-American gynecologist, and she's written a couple books. And there's one called uh, The Vagina Bible that is really, really great about women's health and how it's very, it's not a big part of the medical system in North America and that there's a lot of misconceptions even amongst the medical community. And so if you are interested in learning more, she's a great author. You can follow her on Instagram and she's, she's pretty spicy in that she really does not care for the holistic holds jade balls in your vagina to make yourself healthier. She doesn't subscribe to that. She's not a goop subscriber. And so she'll often get into it with people on Instagram. And, you know, if you're looking for a fun time, Dr. Jen's gotcha. Mm. Dr. Jen G. Dr. Jen G. She's amazing. She sounds like an anime character. Uh, I just, yeah, (laughs) sorry. The reason I was uh, so adamant to be clear about that is I feel like when you're talking about sexual health and reproduction, it's very easy to slide into, uh, you know, wording nomenclature that, uh, nomenclature that, uh, you know, excludes certain people. Um, that we should not be excluding at this point. And I want to be very clear. Everybody poops and everybody can have a period. Thanks, uh, Dr. Sue Johansson, for helping me have some semblance of a sex education, uh, even though I had to surreptitiously do it. Under the blankets, this is sounding <laughs> easy. Thanks, Dr. Sue. Uh, r- rest in peace. I've, I've always hated saying rip. I feel yeah, like it's rest- just so insincere, but uh, yeah, thanks. Maybe thanks. Just, just thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Sue. Thank you. I'm waiting for it to go. Here we go. Welcome back to the show. This is Dork Matters. I'm your dad, Dork host, Ben Rankel. And with me, as always, is your adorkator, Lexi Hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What? Oh, uh, nothing. That's just what my oh. kid says. He says, uh-oh, all the time. He'll That's throw something on the floor and go, uh-oh, my youngest, one and a half, oh. learning to express himself. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Good intro. Good. Just, just watching you hold back your burps over there. How did you know? How could you tell? How could you tell that's what I was doing? Known you for a while there, but <laughs> plus you going. Oh my god, we're not doing that episode again. We're not. Nobody listened. Nobody wanted that. No. Nobody wanted another burp episode. It turns out. Burka. Yeah, that's shocking. Uh, yeah. Do you like apologize if anybody ever tells you they listen to your show? Uh, it depends what I'm like, which one did you listen to? And they're like the Kevin Bacon one. I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm sorry, sorry about that. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just apologize. I found out some people listen that I know and I was like, Oh God, I'm sorry. Like, Ooh, I didn't think people were listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, We pretty much just make this for, uh, for one funsies. person and that's my wife. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my God. <laughs> we're not here to talk about my wife though we're here to talk about the world wrestling federation that's right we have not gotten the f out yet no get the f out thanks i, I needed that we're here to chat about the golden days the salad days the 
what are other expressions for really positive times in a production? I think like the golden age is like the perfect definition of like the feathered bang era of Mm -hmm. 80s and 90s wrestling. They're pretty distinct periods, but yeah, they are the two that largely hold the the nostalgia part in my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up watching that 80s stuff initially um, and then moved on to the 90s attitude era yeah. uh, when I was like 13, 14, you know, Degeneration X and all that. Suck it. Suck it. Everybody humping their hands and doing X's on their hips. Yeah, and that was, that was a, a teacher's just a dream. Time. Oh. And oddly, it still comes out only whenever I go bowling. People seem to break out the suck it as soon as they bowl. Who are you bowling with? I don't know, but I got to tell you, it break, bowling brings it out in people. Last time I was at National and we were bowling. I am surprised by this because uh, this is basically sexual harassment. It's it's weird how it comes, like, bowling a strike makes people want to be like, <laughs> suck it, but in a very specific way. I mean, to be fair, it is difficult to bowl a strike, so maybe maybe that's why it really hits some sort of primal part where you... I, I don't know. I think it's the act of throwing a ball betwixt your legs betwixt, down yeah. an alley. That, that Throwing a ball or two betwixt my legs. Hey, yo. <laughs> but off the bum. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, WWF. <laughs> Have you always been a fan? Uh, I, you know what? I'll be really honest. I was a 90s only fan and just mm-hmm. like the tail end, mm-hmm. but it was mostly because my dad was a big Stampede Wrestling fan. And so that's what kind of got me into all of this and those who don't know stampede wrestling is a uh, uh a wrestling organization from our city calgary um uh created by uh, Stu hart they mm-hmm. would do per- wrestling performances here but also they would train wrestlers yes. uh most notable among them the hart foundation wrestlers we're talking about bret hart owen hart the british bulldog a bunch of other ones that mm-hmm. came out of there and ended up in the wwf and wcw and other yeah. wrestling organizations like real real pedigree uh if i can tell a story please do my dad before um at one point in his life was a teacher and he and my uncle who was also a teacher taught almost all of the hart family and so he taught my dad taught owen and brett and he said that owen used to write poetry that was very beautiful in his class and Aww. brett would always get in trouble because he would doodle all over his uh his essays and things to hand in and he always drew what is uh what became the hitman logo and so for mm-hmm. folks that aren't aware the hitmen are like a like the whl which is just like it's just below NHL hockey. Western Hockey League. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's still a very, very high level hockey. And so it's the other big time hockey league um, team out of Calgary named after Brett the Hitman Hearts. Hitman, anyway. So my dad always thought that, that was really cool that like from the time that Brett was a teenager, that was a local that he had been playing around with. Yeah. I mean, and to further drive home the sort of ingrainedness the Hart family had, uh, if you grew up in Calgary and went to school here, at some point you got substitute taught by one of the Hart family, uh, yeah. usually Keith, who was also a wrestler <laughs> himself during the Stampede days, Stampede wrestling days. He still is out there a subbin. A subbin. Ben. He's still there. He a wears, subbin. Apparently he still wears uh, wrestling boots into, uh, yes, into the classroom. Um, one, okay, another story. One time years ago, I got I was taking a personal day and so I booked a substitute teacher and when I saw the name pop up, I you went to my Keith. principal and I was, 
I got Keith. And I was like, oh. we we, we got to cancel it because nothing's going to get done. And my principal was like, no, no, we have to deal with this. Let him come in. I'm really excited to meet. Like, hadn't had the opportunity, had heard stories, but never experienced oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't stop that from happening. You can't stop it. No. I mean, I had him probably a handful of times, three or four times. Uh, and we did nothing. We we just, we once we heard it was Hart, oh, yeah. Keith Hart, we would just ask him wrestling questions. Well, and that's, so the day after my, when I came back to work, my principal's like waiting for me and I've never seen a person look so excited. And I said, how did it go? And he said it was the biggest right off of the day that he was like an hour late and showed up with a police escort because he couldn't find the school. So he drove to the nearest police station and they basically were like, we'll take you. And so he showed up driving <laughs> behind a cop car with the lights on, went into the classroom, saw the sub plans and was like, nah, you guys want to hear stories about The Undertaker? Yeah. And then in the afternoon... They set up wrestling mats in the gym and just let them show takedowns to the kids. Jesus so the Christ. kids were like, it was the greatest day of our lives. Nothing got done. And my principal was just like, that was maybe the worst educational day I've ever seen, but the best day ever. <laughs> it's a positive experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, Keith never made it to the WWF. Uh, let's no. talk about the WWF. Uh, the history dates back to the 1950s. It was founded uh, in 1953 as Capital Wrestling Corporation, CWC. Uh, went through a whole bunch of different name changes to the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That's right, three W's before it ended up becoming the World Wrestling Federation with just two W's. And then eventually what everyone knows now as uh, WWE. Uh, it's been that since 2011. And we'll get into that mm-hmm. Well, how about right now? They lost a lawsuit uh, to the World Wildlife Foundation in 1994 <laughs> and had to change their name. And then we ended up with this giant, uh, I think the court proceedings started in 1994. I don't remember when it actually mm-hmm. changed over, but there was this whole era of uh, get the F out um, yeah. <laughs> after they lost that that naming right. Great advertising strategy. Real way to play that as a win. Uh, it looks like it starts in 2002, so I guess that's when that all settled out. I think it's hilarious. I think that they should have just merged and just like, yeah, that there should have been like the Panda Brothers, and then there'd be like these like yeah. panda wrestlers, like kind of like the Bushwhackers, sure, yeah. but they'd be like yeah, pandas. Yeah, you have Eddie Guerrero <laughs> fighting like a panda. Yeah. Or like you're fighting like an oil executive and it's a green piece. Like there are so many stories that they could have like worked up with this and they took the way out the, the easiest I road. Mean, Come on. That's not even outside of the realm of possibility. We had characters like IRS or, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. or who was the one, the cop one, what was his oh, name? I don't think I knew a cop one. Oh, he was great. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there was this, like, there were already some wild heels back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. WWE, uh, Vince McMahon took over from his father, uh, Jess McMahon at some point. Um, Vince has been a character himself for years, uh, possibly a shitty human being, uh, sounds like it from, you know, what most of us know. Oh, actually it went from Jess McMahon to Vince McMahon senior and then to his son, uh, Vince McMahon, I guess, junior. Mm-hmm. The one okay. we know now. So there's been a Vince McMahon in charge of WWE for a very long time now. Gosh. Uh, and he started as a ring announcer, our current Vince, uh, before becoming a commentator. And then he actually joined in as a wrestler uh, for a while as well. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I absolutely do. Because 
I was never sure, is he the actual, like, CEO or is he, like, an actor? Because once I figured out that, like, wrestling was fake, I was like, is everything fake? And then mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out, are you the C- is that fake? Every time I would watch, I would just be like, what's happening? He is the CEO Wild. and controlling shareholder. Yeah, there's a weird, uh, you're familiar with the term kayfabe, right? Yeah. Sort of the stage reality that exists. Uh, yeah, so there's, like, a weird blending of, like, wrestler reality for mm-hmm. uh and real life reality because like stephanie mcmahon vince's daughter actually did marry uh, uh triple h wow that wasn't just on stage that was part of their their sort of kayfabe thing but yeah it was also for real they actually were married and worked that into their story mm-hmm. so there's yeah there's well, blending of lines there there you go you know, Vince McMahon acts like a giant asshole uh, is a on giant. stage and then also in is actually a giant <laughs> asshole by all accounts. Uh, so, yeah, it's a weird, weird mix of stuff. Yeah. Lots of weird mixes of things. Yeah. Um, where do we go next? Where do we go next? Should we talk more about the sort of legacy of the wwf well even just in wrestling i think like the what you've kind of mentioned in the show notes about steroid abuse and concussions and just like the physical health of the wrestlers if if anyone's watched any of the dark side of the ring or any of the other multitude of documentaries tv shows read interviews with former wrestlers it is a dangerous awful profession And people are not safe and are constantly putting their bodies um, and their lives, honestly, at risk in entertainment. Uh, Their safety, priority, health has never been considered a priority for the production, the show. Mm -hmm. Concussions, you know, well, the big one when we're talking about Hart Family's own heart. uh, Proper safety precautions weren't taken for a stunt he was doing and he fell to his death. Yep. That was a very dark day in my house. My dad was very, very upset. Yeah. Oh, I remember finding out about it at school. So, yeah. it's. Uh, it was horrific. Yeah. Like the the youngest, I think he was the youngest out of everybody um, to pass away in front. Like it was a crowded arena. It wasn't a practice. It wasn't. No, it was live. Anything, it was live and people watched a man die in front of them. It was, it was being broadcast. I was watching it. And to this day, it's still, yeah, it was on the TV. It was her, like absolutely horrific. Like I watched, I should say, I don't think I watched it live, but I saw it after. I can't remember where I was, but I just remember my dad being like devastated over it. And that's when he would talk about Owen's poetry. But it's it's a shame that something like that, like a man literally died in one of the most prominent families in wrestling in North America, lost a child, and still mm-hmm. the precautions for caring for these athletes and these performers is is not very good. No, and so the Hart family takes a real like that's you know takes a real rough turn with the entire mm-hmm. uh, WWF WWE Foundation whatever, and like uh, previous to that, one of the biggest controversies if you remember this was what they called the screw job or the montreal screw job <laughs> which happens to owen's brother bret hart earlier on uh where he was supposed to be taking over like he it had been arranged for him to be like the new wwf champion yeah uh during a survivor series uh in in montreal and then uh he gets screwed over um 
and uh, ends up uh, getting kind of kicked out of yeah. the WWF because of it. And so they can't work that stuff out. How do you turn your back on some like Brett the Hitman heart? Like, I just can't. <laughs> I can't. How do you do that? He was the face of WWF wrestling for so long. I had his wraparound pink shades and a poster of him up on my wall. Oh, I was yeah. so... Like, I thought I was, like, the coolest person in the world because my dad knew his family. And I was, like, I would tell kids at school, oh, my dad taught him. They wouldn't believe me. Oh, it caused many a playground brawl. Benjamin. It did. Yeah. Because I'd be, like, I'm, my dad's going to come in and tell you. And he'd, like, show up and be, like, yeah, I taught him, like, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't need to rehash, like, what was supposed to happen. It was it just didn't go the way that Hart had planned with uh, yeah. Michaels and he got screwed and it just led to more bad blood. And then his brother is killed because they don't, you know, it led to a very long, dark period. Uh, Ultimate Warrior had a problem, lawsuits over his name and owning the character with the WWE. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff. Yep. The roid rage, like lots of different people like uh, Kane and Hulk Hogan talking about, or even Bret Hart talking about, the addictions or the steroid use and how that led to addictions or the injuries that led to opioid use and then addictions and uh, things that came about because of that. And also just, I think when a person reaches a certain level of fame, you live this wild life that you, it's a really hard thing to come back from. So just that level of notoriety and like, you can kind of do whatever you want and then you get badly hurt and they just kind of toss you aside and then you don't have any marketable skills. So then yeah. what do you do? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And like, so this is the other double-edged sword reading about this stuff is just sort of like, it was low-key encouraged that they do these things to stay on top of their mm -hmm. game and get bulked out and stuff. But like a bunch of them were also dismissed for these same reasons, you know, when they needed somebody to fall on a sword, I guess. Yeah. There were definitely wrestlers that got kicked out for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, so that's disappointing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, should we throw down? Should we get some some wrestlers going here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, let's get into this. Let's call this our Dork Matters uh, Royal Rumble King of the Ring cage yeah. match. Yeah. I'm going to smash a chair in your face, Ben. Smash! Don't, oh, oh my God, no. Violence is not the answer. Unless it's in wrestling. Fake violence. <laughs> Fake violence. Well, that's the thing. It's like yeah. real violence as well, though. They don't know that. They fucked themselves up so bad. You know, the stories about like they, you know, stick like little razor blades inside yes. their like hand wraps and stuff so that they can cut Ooh. themselves after they get hit and like really sell it with the blood. Like, oh, we are, it's, it's modern day gladiators and we're all a bunch of horrible, horrible people like, kill him! Well, I mean, and uh, this wasn't enough for anybody. So we got MMA instead oh, now where they actually beat the I shit out of each other. I can't watch it. I went to a one. Had, blood sports do nothing for me. Uh, not to be confused with the movie Bloodsport, no, that's, that's, which that's I fine. think is wonderful. We went to a friend's house because they had pay-per-view, um, like a, a big fight. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Some men were fighting. Oh, uh, Hits Mc, McFist versus... Uh, Johnny Punch Punch. Punch him O'Reilly. Um, and we went and... Johnny Punch Punch O'Reilly. Mostly because my friend is an awesome cook. And so I was like, sweet, she's going to have some sweet food. We're going to watch some stuff. I couldn't get into it. I just, I think martial arts is cool. But I don't think what I watched is cool. I thought it was like watching a bunch of people outside of Cowboys at 2 a.m. It's not great. Yeah. I mean, I'd take the Cowboys outside of Cowboys at 2 a.m. At least they know when to stop. We're like, cut caps here. Like, okay, let's yeah. go. Yeah. One of them hits the ground, hopefully. 
Well, until one of their girlfriends is like, stop it! And then they go their separate ways. James. It's always James. Oh, like, Bradley, stop it. Oh, 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 Brent. 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 Brents are always fighting outside of bars. What are, yeah, what are the names of the dudes that go to Cowboys during Stampede and then get into fights Brody, outside? Brody. Brody. Brody, yes. Brody, stop fucking fighting outside of the club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brody and Tiff. Tiff. Tiff is, like, holding her purse, and she's like, let's get out of here. Oh. <laughs> Those kids aren't going to make it. They got together in no, high school. They're... They really should. The kids aren't going to make it. something else. <laughs> Poor Brad and Tiff. Oh, Brody. Whatever. Oh, Brad's the other one. Oh, no. Brad found out about Brody and Brody found out. Oh, my God. That's who Brody's fighting. That's that's why we got into a fight in the oh, geez, parking lot Tiff. of Cowboys. Yeah. And Tiff actually didn't want this to happen. She thinks no, it's immature. She and so does. it's time for Tiff to go and find something else. She's actually dumping both of them. Yeah. Uh, come on, guys. Don't try to find your significant other at 2 a.m. during Stampede. Cowboys. Get your shit together. If you did find your significant other at 2 a.m. at Cowboys during the stampede, please write in. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. How is that going? How did that work out? Oh, we need to actually do something here. But let's do yeah. uh, something else first. We're we we're halfway. We, yeah. We've got to do Who's That Pokemon. Okay, here we go. Da, na, 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 na. Who's That Pokemon? It's a real Pokemon, Lex. Okay, good. That's Are all I need ready? to know. I'm ready. Sort of a circle. Circle. Okay. Circle. Sort of a rectangle below the circle and yes. then off of the rectangle there's some is it is it oh, oh i know um it's is it one shapes. of the the matchup yeah machamp machamp close enough the one that i still think about being born or coming out of his egg with his belt and pants on yeah that's just part of him he didn't win that i just no Oof. i mean he that's an excellent Seems choice some, some in, weird porn on reddit with Machamp, unfortunately. Ooh, ooh, I don't care for that. No, neither did I. I didn't want to see it. It was an accident. <laughs> now it's just burnt into your brain forever. Yeah, I mean, so what if I go looking for it now? Like, <laughs> so what if it scratched an itch I didn't know I had? It's like watching those like pimple popping videos. Like, this is disgusting. I'm just going to watch four more. Four and more. Now There's I can't... so many. There's just like There's a whole so subreddit many. devoted to Machamp sex. I know. Oh, oh no, you know. not that. No, the popping. Oh, the gross. popping videos. That's my... All right, let's throw down. Okay, yeah. I don't even know how we're going to yeah. do this. We just want to talk about all our favorite wrestlers, but we're also going to make yes. them fight each other for fun. Yes. In a, in a non-violent online way, yes. Sort of, I guess. I don't know how we're yeah. doing this. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, um, let's do one from the 80s versus one from the 90s and see how it goes. Yes. Uh, one of uh, wrestling's most underrated uh, workers, Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, I haven't thought about Honky Tonk Man in forever. Uh, actual real-life cousin of uh, Jerry the King Lawler, one of the longest-running uh, commentary people after sort of retiring from his wrestling role. But yeah, actual real-life cousins. Uh, but Honky Tonk Man, uh, let's put him against early 90s working wrestler IRS. I just found him so weird. IRS, you might not remember. Uh, he was never going to be a champion, but uh, also formed a really hilarious uh, uh, tag team duo with uh, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, if you remember that. Uh, and they formed a, a, a tag team group called Money Inc. Oh, yeah, Money Inc. I just, like, this, everything about IRS and Honky Tonk Man were, like, what I love about wrestling. Like, 
I wanted them to have bigger, big personalities and like fake personas. And now they're just like Trish Stratus. It's just Trish. No, I want them to be like wild. And when you see IRS and you're like, is this real? The answer, children, is yes. It is. That is his personality. He was a real IRS agent <laughs> who got so angry he, he decided to file taxes in the ring. Oh my god! Uh, who wins, Honky Tonk Man or or uh, IRS? I'm gonna go with Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk liked to whip out that guitar sometimes, and I think he smashed it over people's heads. Don't look that up. I can't remember if uh, it's just something I've made up or if he really ever did that. Uh, Honky Tonk Man is from the school of Stampede Wrestling and was brought up in oh, he was the from Stampede old- Wrestling. He came up in Stampede Wrestling. Awesome. He absolutely did. I think he like started in 1987 or something like that with Stampede Wrestling before making the jump over. And when you are bred by the Hart family, son, you better look out, is all yeah, I'm saying. you're a winner. You are a winner, Should... baby. Okay, well, I think we can both agree that the IRS <laughs> goes down to the sweet, sweet sounds of Honky Tonk Man. Who oddly, like, wasn't Elvis Presley. Not Elvis, but not looked a Elvis. lot like Elvis Presley. All right, ding, ding, ding. Honky Tonk Man takes the first round here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just remembered who the uh, police officer uh, wrestler was. Ooh. It was Big Boss Man. Oh, okay. He's like a highway patrol guy with a goatee. Looked like uh, a guy in his stepdad, so. <laughs> yeah, there he is. You got oh, him now. yes. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> he kind of looked like a not chubby Bam Bam Bigelow. I guess. I mean, they all kind of look the same, don't they? They do kind of all have a similar look to them. All kind of like Officer Farva from <laughs> Yeah, he's Officer Farva with like a sleeveless uniform. <laughs> yeah. And a nightstick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's going to beat people up, I guess. All right. Who's next on our docket? Or I guess on the, what do they call it? The match list. Who cares? Iron Cheek. The Iron Cheek. Twitter's own. The Iron Cheek. If you uh, recall, the Iron Cheek uh, was a sort of... Problematic. I don't know if you'd call him... Prob- problematic is the best way to describe this. Like, uh, Hussein uh, Khosrau Ali Vaziri, uh, better known by his ring name, the Iron Cheek, was an Iranian-American professional wrestler. Uh, known more recently for just, like, <laughs> shit-talking literally everyone on Twitter uh, all the time. He Aww. passed away recently so just like super recently like june 7th yeah a couple weeks ago oh my god it just made me think of someone else that i forgot about completely uh in the realm okay we're we're adding another match here um let's just uh keep talking about iron cheek for a second while i add this to our doc yeah iron cheek was supposed to be like a villain which i never really like why a heel heel Yeah. yeah he was he had like the snidely whiplash long mustache that was like greased and pointed so that it stood upon his own um yeah and he's wearing the uh you know the headdress yeah i, I never quite understood the iron sh- i wasn't a fan i wasn't not a fan it was just was slightly before my my time in wrestling that i really like i knew who he was but i couldn't say i couldn't really say that i was yeah. a fan or not a fan you know what i mean all right, so you know him more from Twitter yes. now. Let's let's let's. His opponent is Goldust. Are you familiar? Not really. Like when I looked up Goldust, I was like, "Oh, that's quite the face paint you have there." Yeah. So and also possibly a bit problematic, uh, playing on sort of like some like gender. Uh, I don't know. Like you know how 
especially in the 90s, a lot of the time, if you wanted shorthand for a villain, you would codify them as being like gay or drag or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not sure if they ever went explicitly that way, but the characterization was definitely something sort of pseudo-sexual that was supposed to make, you know, other men uncomfortable and that mm-hmm. is problematic as, as well. So I thought that would make a good matchup for the Iron Sheik. Battle of the... The problematic characters. <laughs> problematic characters. There's a lot. Let's be honest, these aren't the only two. Oh, yeah. Well, as soon as you come up with characters, it ain't gonna end well. Yeah. Uh, his real name, Dusty Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. Which is a great yeah. name. I mean, come on. Uh, and his dad is actually Dusty Rhodes, known as Dusty Rhodes, another wrestler. Uh, so, Legacy. <sighs> I don't think I have an opinion on them. Like, I, I don't know who they... I, I kind of feel like of the two, the Iron Sheik would probably win, but... I feel like just based on his Twitter persona, we give it to the Iron Sheik, right? Like, I can <laughs> it, flip yes. a coin if you want. No, I mean, I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, these are the warm-ups. Like, we're just getting to the main event here. <laughs> okay. so, yeah. I'm going to throw one more at you just because it I, they popped into my head. Big Boss Man, who we just discussed... Versus a wrestler you might have forgotten about, uh, one Sergeant Slaughter. Oh my gosh! Ah, uh, you know, looking at pictures of him, how could I have ever forgotten about know, Sergeant right? Slaughter? <laughs> this guy and has like, chin for days. Half his face is his chin, and then the other half are sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a look. Uh, it's um, something. R- Robert Rudolph Ramis, Triple R. Apparently also a, uh, a voice actor at this point. I mean, why not? Because if once, I think that's smart. Once your pers- like your persona has kind of eked out in the wrestling ring, um, you may yeah. as well. So oh this. Gosh. Six, yeah, six. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. six foot. Gigantic. Holy doodle. My goodness. Uh, big Boss Man. How tall is Big oh. Boss Man? Let's give it to whoever's tallest. Okay, this is pretty interesting. So, uh, Sergeant Slaughter uh, was... The Stolen Valor thing? Well, just, yeah, in part of G.I. Joe uh, cartoons, which makes perfect sense. Yes. Oh, so he does play that guy. He does play that guy. So, and even an appearance in G.I. Joe, the movie, uh, Slaughter also appeared twice as a special guest on the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. I did not recall that. There you go. Uh, wow. There's just, there's a lot of things. He also appeared on episode 3.6 of Comedy Central's Tosh.0. So there you go. Huh. Wild. Wow. Just a lot of, like, some voice work of things where you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. That's, yeah. I gotcha. Okay. It's so, working, still working. Still, still getting some work in. So you think whoever's taller? Apparently he's back in the WWE. He's part of the ambassador program. Yeah, so it makes appearances occasionally. Uh, they call him active still. Wow, he is 74 years old, so, Oof. you know, let the man have a chair at least to sit on and not hit someone with. He also voiced Dr. Military in the 2013 T-Titans Go, which is a fantastic cartoon if you've ever watched it. Wow. So there you go. That's, uh... uh Sar- I think we give this to Sergeant Slaughter. I Big think Boss he's more active. Near, yeah, <laughs> Big Boss Man is nowhere near as interesting. Real-life yeah. Ray Washington Taylor Jr. Is he still alive? Let's hope so. Nope. <laughs> That's why he's not working anymore, Ben. Whoops. So sorry, Big Boss Man. All the respect here. This is uh, we're we're just putting your characters against each other, uh, and uh, not real people. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter wins. Ding ding ding. <laughs> All right. Next on the bill, Ravishing Rick Rude. Do you remember Ravishing Rick Rude? Oh, yes, I. Uh, do. Ravishing Rick Rude versus. 
The British Bulldog. I think we I know where we're going with this one. I mean, why is this even a question? Yeah, sorry. The British Bulldog. Move on. Rick Rude has just like the longest pedigree, just like a, a, an amazing history with wrestling and stuff. But it's not, you know, British Bulldog's part of the Hart family and we have our bias here, don't we? Okay, Davy Boy Smith, born 1962, was an English professional wrestler. Davy Boy Smith, oh my gosh. Like, just everything, like, he was one of the most prolific, iconic wrestlers. Oh, just uh, you know, just give him his due here. Richard Irwin Rude, uh, you know, Rick Rude, Ravishing Rick Rude, another wrestler, but... Yeah. Uh, Passed away, aged 40, 1999. Just another one gone <sighs> way too soon. And yeah. it's a disgustingly and, prevalent... Uh, well, just the number of wrestlers who that we're going to be talking about today um, have died or are not well. Yeah. Heart failure. Autopsy report showed that he died from mix, uh, overdose of mixed medication. He was training to return to the ring at the time. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, draw your conclusions yeah. from that as you will, but uh, yeah. Gosh, I just, uh, I also remember when um, David Boy Smith passed away because he passed away in Invermere, which is in mm -hmm. British Columbia, which is a very special place to my family where my uncle has, my uncle lives there. And so he, like, it's just, if you're, if you grew up in Calgary, you kind of have a connection to the Hart family in some way. If you grew up in Calgary during the 80s and 90s. And so mm -hmm. when he passed away and then in Invermere, it was just like, it felt like a part of our family was gone, which is, but anyway, so I'm just going with the British Bulldog because of yeah. sentimental nostalgia yeah, reasons. Uh, should we give a uh, cause of death for every character that we come across here? Oh, it's going to get depressing real fast. Is it? Yeah, it's going to get depressing. Yeah, but, like, I mean, because we're going to be talking about Owen Hart next, and we already kind of did. So, like, yeah, ugh. and we know who's going to win this one. As much as I love the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, uh, just one of the greatest uh, heads of hair in all of the <laughs> 1980s wrestling. Yeah. One of my favorite characters from the Nintendo WWF game, but Owen Hart is a heart. He's a heart. Uh, he has our heart. Yes, he does. And uh, I think he takes this round. Sorry, Ted. Yeah. Let's keep it. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah. It's not. Uh, we've talked about Owen and what happened, and yeah. we know the problems here. Next up is Hacksaw Jim Duggan <sighs> versus the Undertaker's kayfabe brother Kane. Kane. Oh my gosh. Mm. Do you have a Do you have a dog in this hunt? Um, a horse in this race? A horse in this race. I think, well, okay, ordinarily I'd say Kane, but then Kane's also been one of those people that's come out and talked about all steroid use. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like Kane has uh, a lot of demons, yeah, so to speak, but has been also like out there talking about it a little bit more. I don't really know much about Hacksaw. So I mean, I, I know his song. Which is what? Hacksaw Jim Duggan beats people up. Hacksaw Jim Duggan beats people up. I think that's a great... Up. I want that to be my... Lexi the person is walking down the street. I'm just going to start... Just It's just like narrating what you're about okay. to do. So Jim Duggan was probably one of my first uh, wrestlers that I ever loved. Because that song... And then he would just run to the ring with a goddamn 2 by 4 <laughs> And he just had like the wildest face. Uh, he just looked 
absolutely bonkers uh, when he would run to the ring. Um, and, you know, Kane is actually a mayor of Knox County and a Republican. So Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, buddy. You lose on being a Republican, Kane. Sorry, buddy. Glenn Thomas Jacobs, he's now the mayor of Knox County, uh, oh. which is in uh, Tennessee. Population of 478,000 people. Does he have a theme song? Uh, Kane, Kane, go away. <laughs> Come again another day. No, we're, we're giving this to Hacksaw because of the Hacksaw, greatest. Yeah, beats people up. That, I'm going to have that stuck in my, like anytime I'm doing something, I'm going to be like, Lexi, the person is making cupcakes now. <laughs> Lexi, the person is podcasting. Wow. <laughs> it works for everything. I love it. All right. Old Jimmy, old Jimmy takes the win here against Kane. Yeah, we're not doing this on power rankings. I no. think most people would uh, probably give the edge to Kane. Uh, yeah, Kane would probably. I remember hearing a story from someone, I forget who, it was somebody who was like a stampede wrestler as well that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. And he talked about how Kane actually, when he was first uh, joining the WWF as that character, um, the reason they put him in that mask is because... Uh, he actually had sort of a baby face. And so Vince wouldn't let him go uh, out there as like the character that he'd come up with without a mask. Oh, that's interesting. Because he looked unthreatening. Anyhow, let's move on. Uh, arguably one of the most influential wrestlers ever to wrestle, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Yeah. Versus Vince McMahon's son-in-law triple h <laughs> hunter yeah triple h hunter hurst helmsley yeah. is that it hunter hurst helmsley is that that doesn't sound right I, if i'm honest bad you could have said any three h's and i'd have been like all right no it's hunter hurst helmsley i was right uh, yeah any three h's it's home hardwood hanger there you go yeah triple <laughs> h. hardwood happy time home hard <laughs> home with hardwood i'm having a happy time Okay, so I understand. I'm just reading some things here about uh, Jimmy Superfly here. Not a great end, Benjamin. Do you know about his later years? No. Yeah, I'm real sorry. Uh, Sunka was indicated, was indicted, and arrested in September of 2015 on a third degree murder and involuntary manslaughter charge in relation to the May 1983 death of his girlfriend. Oh, for God's sake. Sunka pled not guilty, but was ultimately found unfit to stand trial in 2016 due to being diagnosed with dementia. As his health declined, the charges were dismissed on January 3rd, 2017, and Sunka died 12 days later at the age of 73. Whoa. Okay. In July 2016, Carol Sunka, uh, acting as a representative for her, her husband, joined a class action lawsuit filed against the WWE which alleged that the wrestlers incurred long-term neurological injuries. Yeah. And that the company routinely failed to care for them uh, and <sighs> fraudulently misrepresented and concealed the nature and extent of the injuries that they had. Uh, I heard a story about this. You get hurt at, you know, a wrestling match with the WWF and guess who they send you to? The WWF doctor. And guess what the WWF doctor says? You're fine. Oh, yeah. You're okay. Get back in there. Yeah. Just don't tell anybody. Sign this. You're good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Benoit was part of this as well. So, like... Yeah, God, that's tragic. Yeah. Um, but let's give it to, to Triple H for, as far as we know, not murdering anyone. Yet. 
<laughs> yet. There's still time, Hunter. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody. <laughs> Real name, Paul Michael Levesque, just so you know. PML did not have the same ring to it, oh, I guess. Oh, God. Pimmel. Pimmel. Good old Pimmel. Only 53 years old. I know. Good grief. Uh, uh, I guess you win. Yeah. Good job. Good job, buddy. Next up, uh, one of my favorites, Jake the Snake Roberts, and we're putting him up against arguably the most influential wrestler of the 90s era. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's also a political figure now. Oh, is he? Isn't he? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I was a big wrestling fan back in the day, but... Uh, I did not follow Steve Austin's career once he stopped crushing beer cans in the, uh, you know, in the ring. Who am I thinking of? I feel like there was. No, you're right. He's not. I know who you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, you're thinking it's like Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. That's who I'm Jesse thinking of. The Body Ventura. Yeah, sorry everybody. Not. I'm just all bald white men look the same to me of a certain age. Sorry. It's, I um, don't think that's unfair. No. Stone Cold is still, you know, looking great. Gotta say, gone through quite a few spouses, though. He's on. <laughs> I was just looking at that as well. And this will not surprise you to learn, dear listener, that this is another one of those trends uh, with the wrestler. They must be really difficult partners to live with. Uh, I know, it was shocking. You know, steroids and concussions are a wonderful cocktail for, I guess, uh, stable relationships. Mm. I mean, if we're like Jake the Snake had a snake, that was his thing. Stone Cold Steve Austin will fucking kill you. <laughs> I think if we're talking about who's going to win in a fight or her in, in the ring, Stone Cold, 100%. Yeah. Who's going to be yeah. like a fun 80s caricature Uncle with like a Jerry curl? <laughs> like, just look at his mustache. You know, if you were to brilliant. go to Stampede Wrestling to this day, like, so you can go to like um, wrestling. Is Jake Roberts another Stampede alum? I, I don't know. But I'm just saying that, like, no, all elite. But wrestling. if you were to go to this day and some dude was like, hold on a second, I just got to get something, and he goes into his bag and pulls out a snake and puts it on, mm -hmm. you would be like, yeah, I was expecting that 100%. So if you go to Wikipedia and look up Jake Roberts, there's a really great picture of him in 2017, and he's wearing a shirt that is supposed to say Jake the Snake. But if you're looking at it like I'm looking at it from a designer's eye point, it looks like it just says Snake the Snake. <laughs> Snake the Snake. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that just says Snake the Snake. You know what? Let's wait and see if we get our, uh, what's his face? Jeremy oh. Hotz t-shirt first. Jeremy, if you're listening, uh, we want our fucking t-shirt. We still haven't got it. You took Customer my $50. Service. Give us our t-shirt, so you son of a bitch. Or I'm going to start calling you out on, <laughs> on social media. Where's my t-shirt? Where's my t-shirt, bitch? I don't like to call people that. It's a little gender. Um, I would like you to know. In 2018, Roberts embarked on his series of spoken word shows dubbed Ooh. the Dirty Details Tour, subtitled Ooh. Tales from the Pit. According to social media, the tour was to feature an uncensored night of comedy stories from the road Q&A and more. Was supposed to. Did it not happen? I mean, it was 2018. I'm sure that it got started oh, and then they were like, gotcha. eh. You know. I'm curious though, did he injure those snakes that he took in? I, it was the, the 80s. Anything is possible, Ben. Yeah, I don't they see any controversy uh, on his little bio here about that. I just, yeah, lots any of dead snakes. health issues. <laughs> oh. Who do we like better? Stone Cold, I think, uh, I almost I think want it's... him to lose because of his complete lack of flair in sort of his persona. 
I still, you know, I'm I'm gonna say it was probably. But he also brought us Austin three sixteen, as you know, one of the most important verses from the Bible. It's Stone Cold. It has to be Stone. stone cold? It has to be. All right, Jake. Sorry, you buddy. Look like you'd be really fun to hang out yeah. with and have a beer. Uh, even though Stone Cold would probably just break a beer over my head. They crush the bottle on your forehead. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. We'll give this one to to Stone Cold. Oh. As he likes to be called still. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Stone? Mr. Cold? Mr. Cold. Mr. Stone Cold. You say it together and you say it with respect. <laughs> oh, the next mashup is my favorite. Ricky Steamboat versus Yokozuna. I'm, Yo. I mean, I know who I love. It's Yokozuna. I mean, uh, yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, Ricky Steamboat is a really cool wrestler. Uh, not as notable at all, but, you know, Yokozuna, another unfortunate early early pass. Yeah. Died at 34. Good God. Uh, he was just electric to watch. Agatopu, Rodney, Anoi. He was amazing. Uh, not Japanese. That didn't matter back then, folks. It just... You have black hair, Apparently, guess what? Uh, yeah. Walked into the ring, <laughs> walked into a ring with a uh, character called Mr. Fuji that also feels <laughs> offensive. Did Ricky Steamboat kill anyone? <laughs> this is the bar that we're setting for wrestlers. Are they alive and have they murdered anyone? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oof. Yeah. I mean, look up some early pictures of him. He is cool as hell. Oh, God. Another guy, though, with five different spouses. They all have like four or five wives or spouses or whatever. It's just, it's not healthy. Uh, his son is a wrestler now too. Oh, Ricky Steamboat. Actually of, of Japanese-American descent. So that's... He's from Hawaii. Yeah, he's Hawaiian. Whereas Yokozuna had black hair. He's also... Born in San... Well, I mean, he was also of uh, Polynesian yeah. descent. Samoan, so... Simone. Yeah, there's a lot of Polynesian wrestlers, as you know, we're going to be talking about The Rock in a little bit here too. But it's, you know, it's like their own heart family, but of a different. I think I'm I'm gonna edge here with Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, I, okay. Yokozuna was the personality, but as a wrestler, he didn't like. He had like two moves. Yeah, he just uh, jumped on people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to find here? Of cultural appropriation, as far as I know. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Please. Okay, who do we got next? Okay, who's next on our list here? Let's find out. The Ultimate Warrior and Mick Foley. Oh, this is a very tough one. This is a really tough one. I mean, The Ultimate Warrior was just electric to watch. Uh, tons of controversy with him uh, as far as like oh, yeah. problems with the WWF as uh, things went on, but you know, he's up there for me as like that kind of trifecta of the eighties wrestling Hulk Hogan, uh, Man, Randy Savage and the ultimate warrior. And like, I still remember watching that match where he takes down Hulk Hogan and then Hulk Hogan like raises his hand into the air to be like, yeah, I'm okay with him beating me and I'm passing the torch to this guy. Yeah. But Mick Foley is just... He's Mick Foley! Transcends. Yes. Yeah, he transcends wrestling somehow, but is also intrinsically wrestling. Like, I, like the Ultimate Warrior looks like an action figure to me. It's like those armbands, <laughs> the ribbons coming off of it. Like, if you could go back in time and understand what it was like to walk into a toy store and see 
an Ultimate Warrior action figure and then see what he looked mm -hmm. like on the TV. One and the same. One and the same. Yeah. And the thing that I love about Mick Foley is he is just sort of outside of that uh, action figure yeah. body type and was still like one of the most electrifying wrestlers to watch. Uh, and, you know, he also came with three distinct uh, characters, Cactus Jack, Mankind, yeah, Mankind. and Dude Love. A fun-loving, relaxed, jive-talking, tie-dyed, shirt-wearing hippie. Um, I, okay, I don't know. I'm scared to ask or even bring it up, but I always thought that he was kind of a nice guy. He was like... He seems nice to me, too. Right, like the, I never, like, yeah. The Tom Hanks the of the wrestling person. world, if you will. Well, let's add up some pieces here. One spouse. He's only got one wife. <laughs> one one <spouse>. wife. <laughs> what? Yeah. Four <laughs> children, one spouse he's been married to since 1992. I mean... It feels like maybe uh, a decent person, possibly. And not to divorce shame. If you and your spouse aren't in a good place and you need to split up, it is healthy for relationships to end, move on, whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. But when you have six... Yeah. Six failed marriages at one some point... Your brain has been hurt in ways that has not been <laughs> dealt with. I, I'm not even joking. I mean, like, you know, I concussions know. and shit make it very difficult for your brain to function properly. Yes. And that does lead to issues with you know, relationships and, and emotions and like, you know, all sorts of interpersonal stuff. Yeah. Which is wild. Cause I always think of Mick Foley as being one of the people who effed himself up real hard. Yeah. In wrestling. But he also is known for doing lots of like activism. He, you know, in terms of like, Oh, oh here's a person I don't think was on our list. But anyway, like when we talk about activism, wrestlers are often kind of up there on the make a wish side of things. But anyway, I don't. I find this one a tough one. I don't know who no, I pick to win this. I think I've 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 made my decision personally. Are I think it's to... Foley. <sighs> I love Ultimate Warrior as a character, but I love Mick Foley as like a human being. As far as I know, uh, please don't quote me on that if he's done something terrible. But I know the Mick Foley that I know at this moment is just like such a delight uh, from my experience watching wrestling uh, was a completely like non-typical body type for wrestling. Just seems like somebody who got hit a few times in high school with a chair and everyone was like, holy shit, you're still standing. You should be a wrestler. And then he did it. And then he did. Okay. You know what? You've convinced me. Mick Foley for the win. Let's do yeah. Mick Foley here. Sorry, UW. Fun fact about Ultimate Warrior before we move on, officially changed his name to Warrior legally. Uh, and That's his children cool. ended up with his uh, name, Warrior, as their surname. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Very fascinating. Uh, also passed away early. Yeah. Mick is still alive and uh, is a writer as well now. Memoirs. That's good, I'll take it. Children's fiction, contemporary fiction. All right, who do we have next? Next up, Andre the Giant versus The Rock. This Ooh. is a difficult matchup. It is. Uh, I mean, I freaking love Andre the Giant because of Princess Bride. Yes. Anybody want a peanut? He was wonderful in that movie, and I love the stories of him on set where he, like, let out a burp or a fart or something that went on for like five minutes and the entire set went quiet and Rob Reiner had to be like you okay and he was like I feel better now and then they just kept it going <laughs> that's amazing to me uh, yeah I mean just this giant personality Literally. Uh, and physical yes uh, there's a really cool comic about Andre the Giant called Andre the Giant Life and Legend by Andre Rusimov Oh, no, wait, sorry, that's, that's Andre the Giant's real name. 
That's his uh, name. No, sorry, it's by actually somebody I'm a big fan of, Brian Box Brown. And it's a great read. I read it a while back, but I can't. Uh, it's just a fun look at his life. Gosh, he's amazing. And then you get The Rock, though. You smell what The Rock is cooking. No, I'm sorry. We have to stop for a second. I need to read you something here. Rosimov has been unofficially crowned the greatest drunk on earth for once consuming 119 12 U.S. fluid ounces beers in total over 41 liters in six hours. How does that not kill a person? On Letterman on January 23rd, 1984, Andre the Giant told David Letterman he once drank 17 (laughs) beers, 117 beers. When Letterman asked him if he was drunk, Andre said he couldn't remember because he passed out. He also said he yeah. quit drinking beer 14 months prior to his appearance uh, on Letterman, so he stopped apparently drinking. Apparently he actually had gigantism. My uh, God. He wasn't just naturally a big person. No, he was... There yeah. are, yeah, people who are just super tall, and there's people who have gigantism. Wow. Let's, let's talk about The Rock for a second. Dwayne Johnson, uh, Calgary Connection. He was, I guess, briefly a stampeder, which is... Yes, he did. Uh, the name of our football team, also the name of our wrestling group. Also the name of our largest festival. <laughs> we sure like horses here. We we like horses. We absolutely do. And uh, he came from a family of wrestlers, like his father, yes. uh, Rocky, who uh, had a connection to Canada as he began his career as a professional wrestler in southern Ontario. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hmm. So The Rock is just like this, you know, this media star at this point. Like he yeah. has transcended the WWF in a way that like Hulk Hogan sort of was the first to do. Yeah, but Hulk, trying to do. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit when we get to him. Yeah. But like The Rock has done it much more successfully. This guy is a, oh, a yeah. star draw for the movies that he's in, uh, with the exception of uh, Hobbs and Shaw. And... Uh, I thought you were going to say the Scorpion King. Well, the Scorpion King was his first one. Uh, that was sort of his first big thing. What was his other flop recently? Oh, yes. Uh, Black Adam. Black Adam, Shazam, yeah. The other one. Black but Adam. But he was in yeah. Moana, which is a delightful movie. Oh, my was, gosh. You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely fantastic in that. Um, it's, this is a tricky one. I like the idea of Andre the Giant. I have fond memories of watching him wrestle and also the Princess Bride. Uh the drunk stories are fascinating. I'm, it's just interesting to hear what he could consume that would otherwise kill a person. But for him, that was just <laughs> like a Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm kind of of the same. Like, I really like both of them. I think I'm going to go with The Rock. Yeah. 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 Congestive heart failure for, for Rissimov when he passed away. Yeah. I mean. At 46. Good grief. Well, you know what? Yeah, let's give this one to The Rock for, you know, being pretty likable. Yeah, real likable guy. He goes on Reddit every so often and says some nice things to people. Yeah, he's sort of become like a weird uh, cartoon of himself at this point. Like, it's sort of like... We're giving it to to The Rock. Good job. Oh, weird. He's like part of the same, like, uh, it's called the Inouye family that Yokozuna's in as well. Oh! Huh. They're both part of this, like... Uh, Samoan group of wrestlers, professional wrestlers called the Anoa'i family. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's it's interesting, the pedigree of of wrestling there. That's awesome. Yeah, wild. I'm going to spend wild some time stuff. going down that rabbit hole later. Anyway. All right, let's give it to The Rock just because I like to do the eyebrow raise myself and say, Can you, Can you smell, smell what The Rock is cooking? The Rock is cooking. 
Well done. Uh, it is uh, a little bit of uh, salmon with uh, a lemon oh. uh, olive oil. Jimmy Sanuka is also part of that family. Anyway, sorry. Wild. Next That's... on the docket. All right. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus The Undertaker. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, you know. Uh, they were in They Live? Yes, They Live. Yes. It's the one where he puts on the special glasses yes. and finds out that everyone is, these alien creatures are like controlling society. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love that. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I love uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper just because of the Canadian sure. connections. I'm a sucker for like, they once were in Manitoba and I'm like oh that's awesome I love them I love them they're like my brother yeah like I maybe met him one time no I didn't but I just I love that type of connection mm-hmm. with Rowdy Roddy like it also like the Scottish connection because like you know you don't see enough wrestlers from Scotland so thanks for the Scottish connection there of course and then you get the Undertaker though and and previous winner in our little Hell in a Cell McFoley uh, had one of the most insane oh, yeah. Hell in a Cell matches that's ever occurred. Um, Gosh, The Undertaker. Which is just like riveting to watch. And The Undertaker is just kind of cool. He had a very long career as well. He, I mean, if you think of wrestling, you think of The Undertaker. He was, yeah. he, I, I, a part of me is like, oh, I love Rowdy. No, The Undertaker takes this because he is wrestling. He and Hulk Hogan are like the quintessential. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think of wrestling, you think of this guy rolling his eyes back in his head with his greasy hair and his forehead with his little, mm-hmm. his little... Paul Bearer. Yes, Paul Bearer, which is hilarious. Doing his, like, weird voice. I'd never understood that one. He's six foot ten, 309 pounds. My God. Like, what is what does he eat? What are, What's his grocery bill like? Oh, just eats people. <laughs> fights like door dashes and the person yes. that shows up he eats them so this is his first ring name was actually Kane the Undertaker and then he split into two yeah uh, and that's cool uh, what do they call that cellular divination or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'll give the edge to anyone who can reproduce asexually I mean like this guy if you, like his record just speaks for itself he is yeah it's the Undertaker all right yeah, I like Rowdy as much as anyone. Uh, I love a person who but, wrestles in a kill. Um, but let's go. Yes. Let's go with oh The Undertaker. God, Next up, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Bret Hart. We don't even need to do this. Macho Man is a legend, an icon, uh, and a style that, like, you know, you can see him. But it's Bret. When someone says it. He's but not Bret Hart. But it's, he's not he's Bret not the Hart. the heartbreak kid. Oh. So Bret Hart wins. Sorry, brother. Uh, yeah. We're gonna Bret do Hart Bret wins. Hart. Bret Hart wins. Uh, his greasy hair and wraparound sunglasses uh, are the door to our hearts. Yes, yeah. I can still see his poster up on my wall. All right, we got Ric Flair, the nature boy. Woo! Versus Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Was Shawn Michaels the heartbreak kid? Yes, I believe so. I think you got those little mix-ups. Shawn Michaels, I think one time, his long hair, he had one long dangly earring in, and I thought it was like the coolest shit ever. But then one time when they came to town, WWF Wrestling came to town, I went to go see him. He was in a match and he accidentally had his pants pulled down and he mooned the entire audience and I saw his bare butt. Was that good or bad for you? I just remember my mom being like, time to go! 
Oh, really? Yeah. He left because he saw his bum. He's like, Mom, we already saw it. There's nothing, nothing else can happen. The entire, I still remember, like, the Saddle Dome went wild. The Saddle Dome is our uh, sporting arena uh, named for the device that you use to ride a horse, uh, possibly yeah. during a stampede. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, one thing about Shawn Michaels' real name, Michael Shawn Hickenbottom. That's right, his last name is Hickenbottom. Mm-hmm. I think I'm giving this one to Shawn Michaels. As much as Ric Flair is a living legend, he has five spouses, and Shawn Michaels only on his second. Hey, good for you, Shawn. Keeping it tight. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, a, that's a tight two. <laughs> Oof. I found Shawn Michaels insufferable when I was younger and would watch oh, yeah. wrestling. Like, just insufferable. I think it's because he got... He was so arrogant. And I guess it's because he's the one that fucked over Bret Hart. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's got a lot to do with it for me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, I feel like he's got a little more something. Je ne sais quoi. Uh, je Rick je Let's give it to quoi. him. Let's move along. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, the next one is two versus one. This is a uneven matchup. Yeah. We have the ambassador for 80s wrestling, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, my first sort of hero. Uh, I fucking love Thunder in Paradise, which was his show where he's like a bodyguard at a Florida hotel that also has a super boat that he drives around in. Because why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, that spawned like three sequels. I fucking love those movies so much as a kid. They're probably not good. They probably don't hold up in any way. Yeah. Uh, versus China and one of your your favorites here, Luna Vachon. Yeah, crazy old Luna. Tell us a little bit about Luna. This is ultimately our head our headline match for the night. I just, I remember watching Luna and having her make me very uncomfortable because she had a face tattoo, her head was like her kind of shaved, and she just, she was not the typical female persona that you saw on TV. Like she wasn't like a booby lady. She was a, she was a bodybuilder and she was violent and scary and I loved her because I just yeah. thought like, oh, so women Open don't have to, yeah, like totally broke some stereotypes with me. Um, same, same with China for being this like bigger than life personality and just challenging what what it means to be a, wom- a woman in wrestling. But yeah, you know, it's it's she an exciting time to think about how they changed tall and strong yeah. and hot. They they changed lots of people's minds about like what it is to be feminine and muscly. Yeah, absolutely. But I do. I'm, I'm when I was thinking about Hulk Hogan tonight. I was reminded of the episode of the incredible Kimmy Schmidt when she's locked in the underground bunker and one of the other sister wife people is, she keeps getting sick with Hulkamania and standing up on (laughs) tables and doing the Hulk Hogan, like wanting to hear them chant. And they were trying to talk her down being like, Hey Hulkster. And then like the, the sister wife calling everybody brother. It's hilarious. (laughs) It's the best episode. I mean, it might be the only <laughs> funny moment from Kimmy Schmidt. But... There was two, I'll have oh, you. Oh, okay, sorry. I mean, Titus from Kimmy Schmidt is uh, way better. Oh, just give him his own show. He's amazing. I think they did. <laughs> oh, I mean, he shows up in Schmigadoon yeah. uh, in a really great narrator character and is just so fucking great in that. It actually, like, elevated season two of Schmigadoon. Uh, 
is so much better than the first season. I'm impressed they got a season two because I'm not going to tell you season one. I was like, let's get on with it. It was just like, ugh. yeah, it's kind of a womp womp. Just let uh, Alan Cummings sing and dance and I'm happy. But don't try to turn it into. I mean, he was a highlight, obviously. Yeah, he's he's a he's a treasure anyway. Um, so China and Luna versus Hulk Hogan. Yeah. The face of wrestling, the person everyone thinks of. And uh, yes. to me, this is nothing. This is not even a matchup. I, know, I will tell I you wins, it. and it's China and Luna. Really? I thought you were going to say Hulk. They win in a second because Hulk Hogan is a sexist, racist, misogynist piece of shit. <laughs> and he can go fuck off. He lo- loses uh, by being a shitty human being. Good for you, Ben. You took the... <laughs> we went to... The 2023. I've been waiting this entire episode to just dress him down here. Oh, Hulkster. Hulk, you let me down. Yeah, you absolutely did, Hulk Hogan. You were my hero and you were a bad You could have, you could have, I feel like I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi yelling at Anakin right now. Part of the reason that Hogan was also a favorite in our household was because he wore that little cross around his neck and he (laughs) talked about how he was a Christian and that's all you needed to do in my family to be you know, everyone's hero. It didn't matter if you were shitty or what you were actually like. You just had to say that you accepted Christ as your savior. And then all was well. And then all you was ripped well. off your shirt. I mean, that's that still also, pretty cool. I mean, he, I didn't think it was a real shirt. I thought it was like a plastic shirt that they gave him so that it was easier to rip. Well, it had all those like cuts in it already. Yeah, usually. that's yeah, true. To make it easier. I mean, I feel like, you know, Hulk Hogan problems aside, the dude could probably rip a shirt. I, I don't think yeah. that's in question here. I yeah. think he could rip a shirt and and be just fine. Yeah. All right. So uh, China and Luna for the win. Yeah. And that's, that's the end of our Royal Rumble, I guess. We could put all the winners against each other, but good God, I don't think anyone wants to be here for that. No. We're done. But we could just talk about how much we love the Hart family again. The anyway. Hart family is fantastic. We should have just done an episode on them. I bet we could get Keith to come on and talk to us. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be good for anybody. I'm sure he won't say anything controversial. Because <laughs> he won't know how to turn on the computer. Keith, if you're listening, sorry about that. Uh, we're going to fire Lexi. No, we're not. No. Degeneration X. Yeah, wrestling. Fun. Haven't watched any in like 20 years. Don't know what's going on anymore. There's a lot of people out there that seems to still like it. Uh, when I do want to learn about wrestling, I listen to uh, a show called Tights and Fights. Uh, Hal Lubland and Yella Radford and Lindsay Kelk. And it's, uh, it's pretty amusing, even if I don't know who all the people they're talking about is. But if you want more wrestling information, I think that's a good place to go, folks. Uh, and for us, uh, I think we're done. That's it. What do they say? Who's that announcer guy? What does he do? He goes like, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you for listening to Dork Matters. Uh, please exit the arena. The show's over. Go home. Until next time, Dork, 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 Dork. Ding, ding. Can you smell what Alexi is cooking? Vegan chili. Podcaster Lexi talks to Ben. Podcaster Lexi is going to bed. <laughs> Good night. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP. 
as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.